Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Before we begin today's episode, we want to shout out a podcast that educates and inspires us to better understand racism, the BIPOC experience, and our responsibility to raise a generation of anti-racist humans. The Parenting Decolonized podcast shines a light on how colonization has impacted the Black family structure, exploring ways to use conscious parenting as activism against white supremacy. Host and conscious parenting coach Yolanda Williams and her guests discuss how to raise liberated Black children without breaking their spirits. We so far have loved episodes with Trina Green-Brown on Parenting for Liberation, Chrissy Coggins of Chrissy's Couch on Parenting Consciously, and Domari Dickinson on How to Stop Parenting from a Place of Fear. Parenting Decolonized is an incredible resource we feel so grateful to learn and grow from, and we encourage you to broaden your podcast feed to include Yolanda's inspiring work. Visit ParentingDecolonized.com to become a patron and learn more about the podcast and blog. Follow Yolanda on Instagram at Parenting Decolonized. Learn more about all of this in our show notes. Now on to our Q&A. Hello, everyone. Hello. If you're new to upbringing, welcome. We are sisters and moms to uh, kids, four of them, uh, between <laughs> the ages, ages are changing really rapidly. of three and six, right? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, who both inspire and challenge us every day I'm in so many ways. Turn your mic down a little bit. It's Is like it blasting loud? my ears. Sorry. I'm so excited to talk. Um, we want to briefly acknowledge our privilege in being here to talk about this and work on these things with all of you. And a quick disclaimer that though we have training in simplicity parenting, positive discipline, and Rye Foundations, we're not licensed therapists or MDs. Right. And for those of you new to upbringing, um, this is exciting. The season is full of Q&A goodness, mm-hmm. right? Lots of improv. Um, improv Q&A, yeah. right? We should add that. It's improv everything. The rest of our uh, existence is on Instagram and videos and, and posts and lives. Everything is improv this season, this, mm-hmm. this new season of life. Mm-hmm. Guided say. by our inner wisdom and authority that mm-hmm. we're trying to nurture in our kids. That is the work that we are bringing forth here on Upbringing um, with the time that we have these days. I like it. Yeah. Do you want to read the Q&A? I would love to. It's a long one. It's I a really good one. I love it. I love a oh good long Oh my gosh, it's Q&A. really long. All right, here we go. Hi, Hannah and Kelty. Thank you for this invaluable resource. I'm learning so much, but there's one concern I can't seem to shake. I'm the mother to a very outgoing and intelligent six-year-old daughter and a sweet two-year-old son. My daughter has what I would call a reactive and hot temper. She often has big displays of anger, screaming, saying intense things. Today, to me, after not allowing being allowed uh, with her brother to play with an electrical cord, she said, you make our lives miserable. Mm. Beyond my concerns with my ability to not feel like I'm sort of in an abusive relationship, I worry for her brother who's grown up around these daily outbursts and vitriol. 
is this affecting him? I mean, I'm sure it is. I feel bad when I consider her upbringing when, where no one was screaming in her face ever. My daughter was like this before my son was born and it's intensified since he came into the picture, but it's also always been there. I think I feel prisoner to a bit to her flux of emotions. She also doesn't express this way to anyone but me and her dad. At school, she's quote unquote talented and gifted, a high performer, very happy and has lots of friends. I'm grateful it's not behavior we're seeing across the board, but I feel I'm at a place where my hopes of her quote unquote aging out of it feel like they need to give way to acceptance that this is how things are or a brand new way of dealing with it. Any feedback, especially on how to cushion the effects of this for her brother would be so appreciated. I just feel like I'm not protecting him enough from the intense screaming and yelling, and perhaps that it will inspire him to also adopt these behaviors. I'm all for expressing all emotions, but feel rather helpless in navigating this with my daughter and our family as a whole. <clears throat> in general, you COVID, out of breath? <laughs> COVID has amplified this, of course. The best I can explain it is a sort of zero to 100 burst of anger if her brother comes into her room when she wants to be alone, for example, or if we say it's not a good day for a treat or really anything that might challenge her idea of what should happen. I think all her anger feels understandable most of the time situationally. Like, sure, it's a bummer to have a little brother walk in and touch your stuff when you don't want him to, but it's the sort of sharp and explosive yelling and screaming that never ceases to sort of surprise me. When she was younger, she would hit me, and that has mostly stopped, though she will still kick if we're in range. Often, I won't have realized something has probably been boiling for a while, something unrelated, like something someone said at school or something, and then it comes out suddenly. From there, it's really hard to connect with her. She doesn't seem to want us near her and hates talking about things. She'll say, can we just forget it? As for how I deal with it, if I'm being my best self, I can usually reflect her experience the best I can. It's really hard when your brother interrupts your reading time. How can I help? Or I see maybe you're feeling pretty frustrated. I'm here and you're safe right now. But then other times, like this morning when she triggered me big time by saying that I make their lives miserable, something about that really got to me. I said, that really hurt my feelings just now. I think you need to go cool off in your room. I felt tears well up in me. And while most of the time I get rationally how young she is, I think there are moments where it feels like no matter what I do or how I respond, these things keep coming. Today, I just felt sort of raw with my feelings hurt. I went into her room about three minutes later and said, I'm not sure what upset you out there, but I want to talk about what happened because your words hurt my feelings. Once she finally started talking, she said, I wanted to help him with the plug, but you wouldn't let me. I had no idea this was the case as she'd been sitting at the table eating breakfast, not near him or seeming to try to help. So this was surprising to me. And I said, I didn't know you wanted to help him. I think what's the hardest is that I want our days to feel fun and full of love and silliness. And often I'm defeated by the end of the day, just feeling like we've navigated her disappointments all day. This was like this before COVID, but of course is made worse by it and her loss of connection to friends. But I can't blame this on COVID. It's an existing theme that I know will take work on my part to rethink my responses. Again, it's hard not to feel guilty that my son is absorbing it all the time too. I should add that I don't normally send her to her room. That's like my final straw moment where I'm legit afraid I'll say something I'll regret. I have never utilized timeouts with her at all, but today that was my snap reaction. I would also add that not every day is like this. We do have days where it feels like the clouds have parted, but then we'll go through another week of rough days and I'm reminded that it's something I need to investigate deeper. I love your podcast so much and listening to it gives me hope and reminds me of realistic expectations. I think because my daughter presents as very articulate, mature, and beyond her years and is so fiercely independent, it can be easy to forget that she's barely six. Her whole mode of playing since she was old enough to talk involved her being the grown up. (laughs) She's a real leader naturally and there's so much about her that I love and makes me so excited for the woman she will be, but parenting her is really challenging. 
That was awesome. Beautiful letter. Mm-hmm. Love it. And P.S. You do not have to write a letter this long to us <laughs> if you're if you're needing support and wanting us to explore these things. But wow, when you can build some context of of some examples and um and what what you say as the parent, what they say as the child, mm-hmm. this is so helpful to paint this beautiful picture. I, I love that this mom us. has really put thought into the context and mm-hmm. how long this has been going on. Into some days are harder, some days mm-hmm. are easier. Into who this this girl is who sounds amazing amazing <clears throat> i want to like meet her every one of these write-ins <laughs> and all of our coaching clients kids i'm like i think i love them yeah. i love that kid yeah it's making their lives a living hell i love them <laughs> i know i don't have to deal with it every day but i do in my own home and i think that just setting the scene for that right now is being like let's shine a light on this mom who mm-hmm. is amazing she's seeing stress behavior at play but she's mm-hmm. also identifying her daughter's temperament, Mm -hmm. right? And then she's also realizing emotions about emotions that oftentimes they can come up and they're understandable. She wants to welcome them, Mm -hmm. but also sometimes they can be delayed, triggered by earlier events that boil up and explode. Mm -hmm. All of that is such good information for her and so that she can help her daughter, give her that benefit of the doubt. But, you know, she's also trying to, to empathize and extend that, that loving connection and paint that picture and validate her experience. Mm -hmm. But then she's also just struggling right Mm -hmm. so i feel like we should tackle this we've got about half an hour with talking about the two beliefs at play that we want to kind of flip and Mm -hmm. then maybe talking about some goals about Mm -hmm. ways she can be kind of working with this it's so crazy how everything comes back to our beliefs and it feels like did i say crazy yes i'm trying not to i'm trying to correct you it's wild right it's wild it's so wild (laughs) it's wild how everything boils down to beliefs Mm -hmm. and how much they impact our approach, our actions, the things we say, our tone. It's just, it's so surprising to me that it always comes back to that. It really does. That's the, that is the, the root cause of all of our experience as parents mm-hmm. is our beliefs. Our right? lens. It's our lens. It's our lens. Yeah. And so I think that the first belief at play for this mom that we're able to see and surmise from this, mm-hmm. this is our take on it, is it, both of them are, are from fear, a place of fear, these beliefs. Maybe just um, say what they both the, are. The first one is that, a fear that her daughter will always be this way maybe Mm -hmm. and and that the way she's acting is kind of wrong Mm -hmm. inherently like wow maybe I just need to accept she said Mm -hmm. that it's always going to be like this Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love that she was like, maybe I just need to work on my acceptance. Right. And then also, but there's that fear kind of uh, Mm -hmm. uh, underpinning it. And then her second fear. And then the second fear is that the son is negatively impacted by her daughter. Right. Right. Yeah, let's talk about those. Let's unpack them a little bit. So the first first fear that the daughter's always going to be this way. That she's acting, the way she's acting is wrong. I think Mm -hmm. I always love to start talking about what, what would be the flip of those. The, the flip that we want to prove is that, that her daughter will always be this way. And, and that's a good okay. Thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. And right. that the way she's acting isn't wrong. The way she's acting is right. Is, is right. Perfect. Right. right. Love it. I think we should just call out right away. This is a spirited kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of people don't haven't learned much about temperament. We mm-hmm. certainly didn't until my two kids were born. I had no <laughs> idea. No idea. You but, and I are not spirited in that way at no. all. We were very easygoing children. We, you know, yeah. oh man, like just had no idea until we met Wilder and Inigo. Yeah. And I think I remember reading that the, the term spirited was coined by uh, a woman. I, I'm not sure if she's an author or a doctor or what, who was looking for information about her son's behavior and could only find stubborn and strong willed. And they felt these they negative were definitions, negative. Yeah. these negative definitions mm-hmm. of what what is now seen as um, spirited definitions. I think it's like 
more persistent, more intense, more sensitive, more perceptive and emotional than mm-hmm. the average child. But I think that the, this this mom is calls it a hot temper. Mm-hmm. And I think what she's what she's saying is, is I have a spirited child. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yay! You've got, You've a, spirited got a spirited kid. child. It's like winning the lottery. Yeah. Well, I think that it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think it can feel confusing and worrisome and offensive. And I think that's part of this belief is flipping it and saying, no, her temperament is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you had to come to terms with that, Kelty, where you had to realize what that temperament was and not just accept it, but embrace it it's, it's, and, and look for that potential of raising a spirited child, what that means. It's, I mean, <laughs> I think about what a spirited child mm-hmm. is to to us, to our family, to our mm-hmm. lives. It is part of what began upbringing mm-hmm. was this need to handle these two incredibly spirited humans and to get a handle on and to get some understanding around why all of it was positive, why all of it was amazing and how to best support them. Mm -hmm. I think that we could have easily over-controlled my kids pretty easily um, without a lot of outbursts. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it was just, there was no way our instinctual parenting could have flown with your kids. Mm-mm. They they really brought us on this journey. They were mm-hmm. the catalyst, these little fiery catalysts. That's why I look at these <laughs> other spirited kids as just like, oh, and, the, and parents of spirited kids, I see you. Mm-hmm. Like seriously. Right. And I think it can be a real relief. I tend to not like labels or mm-hmm. judgments or diagnoses or anything yeah. like that. But I think saying my child is spirited helps you. And I think it's helped a lot of um, folks we've worked with really just embrace it and, and get on it. board and own it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and realize, oh my gosh, this is a great thing that, that mm-hmm. my child is never going to quote unquote age out of this. She's never going to age out of her, mm-hmm. the spirit and the strength that comes with, with this type of temperament. And I don't want her to ever age out of this. Right. But yeah. I also think that the flip side of this temperament is, is that nervous system comes mm-hmm. into play. And I think that this is where we struggle with our spirited kids because they oftentimes have more sensitive nervous systems. Mm-hmm. And so their window of tolerance which um, a lot of um, child development folks and Daniel Siegel, you can read about it more. He describes it really well with Tina Payne Bryson in the yes brain, but that window of tolerance where you're like in the green zone, where you're comfortable, you're okay. You're managing your impulses, Mm -hmm. your emotions, the window of tolerance from uh, going from there to like zero to 100, as this mom said, is a lot smaller oftentimes Mm -hmm. for spirited kids. So my kids have a wider green zone, a wider window of tolerance. Mm -hmm. And so they can manage longer with that shoelace. They can manage longer when they're surprised and can, and can calm down right away. Longer with a transition or a change of plans or someone bugging Mm -hmm. them. Right. But, um, our, our nervous system really impacts our bodies, our responses, all those things. And it's Mm -hmm. really important to know that it's different for each kid. And so this daughter is going into hyper arousal more easily than maybe this mother did or more maybe easily, more often and for longer <laughs> right yeah. that, that's just how her response flexibility is what they call it and I think that she just is a little bit less flexible with her responses oftentimes and mm-hmm. that's okay that is totally normal mm-hmm. every kid is on a spectrum so I want to normalize that mm-hmm. as well um, I think what else Kel nothing let's talk about oh. the uh, parent role okay so, uh, so what do we do about this? Well, I think about what's, this, what's how, our role here. We talk about this a lot in our lives mm-hmm. when we're trying to help people look at the hard stuff as the good stuff. And I think about it a lot in my life with two sensitive, spirited kids. That I, how can I look at what I'm seeing in front of me that is so hard, that is so frustrating, that mm-hmm. is so um, making me feel so helpless mm-hmm. um, as feeling chosen and lucky instead? Mm-hmm. How can I rewrite um, this narrative to say? 
this is happening and I am lucky and chosen to be here. Mm -hmm. This is from a place of service. When I think that this mother, she identifies that she is the only one, that mm-hmm. this daughter thrives in the rest of the world, which is amazing, mm-hmm. and that she comes home and treats her mom like hot garbage, mm-hmm. right? And I think that can often, I think that that's what's in some ways making this mother feel singled out and quote unquote abused, right? And how that, can we single her out <clears throat> in a good way? In a good way. How you can we, how can we special one? <laughs> right. How can we elevate her? You were on the pedestal, mom. Mm-hmm. You were the person like as lucky and chosen that you your daughter feels safe enough to be herself. She is, you've created a home that is secure enough where she's got to hold it together and manage so hard in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And she's capable of doing that, mm-hmm. but she's going to come home and lose it. I remember picking, picking our kids that up. That is from, the best. Where else would she lose it? I know. Than at home in her room with her family. Picking our kids up from Montessori and my daughter, who we found out at some point mm-hmm. is like the most upholder, the help, most helpful person in mm-hmm. the class. Um, you were doing shocked. all the things. I was yeah. like, she what? Oh, she, she's, <laughs> d- she doesn't cry and yell and throw things. And she's not hurt, constantly hurt needing everybody. you, constantly needing uh-huh. you over and over uh-huh. and over and struggling. And, and yeah. the teacher was like, no, she's our most helpful. She's our most independent. She's our most positive and perky. And then she literally, as we're picking him up, runs across the playground and like head butts me in the stomach or the crotch yeah like that is her hello it's like time to unleash yeah on this chosen and lucky person right. my special person <laughs> right. mom who i get to dump on but i think that that's what we're trying to build here is we have to keep remembering that our parental role we uh, we are not in an abusive relationship with mm-hmm. our kids their anger is not vitriol they are mm-hmm. not a politician they're human mm-hmm. right Kids are not our equals in, in a parent-child relationship. They are just kids. They're not mm-hmm. many adults, and they are not responsible for our feelings. This yeah. is not a, a two-way relationship yet. It's so hard, you though. Know? We're used to spending time with, with other adults, which we're not anymore. Right. And we look at our six-year-olds who are very intelligent yeah. and mature and, and, forgets, and forget yeah. sometimes that mm-hmm. they've only been on the planet for six years, mm-hmm. you know? And we look at them as like a coworker <clears> who's just <throat> taking out their bad day on us and... Mm-hmm. You know, well, I think that 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 leads me, though, into this more feminist angle, Kel, mm-hmm. before we wrap up this this first belief that I think that we are women who are saying, I'm going to reject abuse. You can't treat me like that at work. I you won't can't stand treat for that. me like that random person on the street. You can't treat me like that dude. Mm-hmm. And I think that then we bring that that feminist reject the patriarchy, reject control, reject abuse into our homes. And we say, you can't treat me like that kid. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to, yeah. to feel like, oh my gosh, to have that immediate trigger of this isn't okay. Yeah. You can't talk to me that How way. How can we s- s- like switch that belief to say that her anger is feminist. Her anger mm-hmm. isn't abuse against us as, as the feminist, mm-hmm. you know, that just, we kind of are the patriarchy we, in the home in that way. Bit. Yeah. yeah, We are the authority, you know, yeah. it's such a, it's such a reframe yeah. to, to look at her anger as a beautiful thing and to be able to look past her anger. Yeah. You know? But I think it's an investment. And I think mm-hmm. when we, when we think about, wow, okay, a child whose nervous system needs our support to widen that window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. When we think of a child who has a temperament that is spirited, mm-hmm. um, how can we be nurturing that, working with it, not against it? And then how can we also be nurturing the feminist in our child, right? Rather than saying, do not be angry. I don't like this. Even mm-hmm. when we know all emotions are good, I think we're just naturally programmed and thrown childhoods through our culture to be like, that is so wrong, mm-hmm. right? We have this visceral unconscious reaction. Yeah. So there's a lot at play that we're, we're flipping. But bottom line with that first belief, everything your daughter's doing is correct. It's perfect. It's wonderful. She's being her unique, spirited, sensitive nervous system, 
future feminist self mm-hmm. and it's awesome and and you know that she's yeah. awesome you said that yeah that you're you can't wait to see what the woman she's going to become mm-hmm. someday and that helps us so often when we think about who is our who are our children going to be mm-hmm. i remember even thinking about it when my kids would like be trying you know starting to go to sleep and just constantly it was like be like they like kick their leg to wake wake up again every eye flickered where i wanted to just be like why won't they go to sleep mm-hmm. or just scream at them i just thought they're gonna get back that's them getting back up off the ground that's them mm-hmm. getting back to work that's them you well, know that, getting like not right. getting sick or dying or well, something and that's their nervous systems that as spirited kids struggle to down regulate mm-hmm. which is actually going to be a, a blessing someday absolutely yeah, they're so resilient yeah right Right. Um, let's move into the, the second belief that the the fear or the concern that the son is negatively impacted by um, his older sister's uh, angry outbursts. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about resilient kids. Kids are very resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, oh man, it, it is a, a projection. I think that we have in a lot of these ways um, that our concern, our wear and tear, our stress and worry about her is, is kind of connecting to the son and being like, he and I are both being abused right now. Mm-hmm. It is clear. If I'm feeling abused, oh my gosh, he's two, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that we have to remember that we as the parents are bringing in so much baggage, so much stuff. Of course, a two-year-old doesn't necessarily want to be around angry outbursts, mm-hmm. right? So moving him into the other room yeah. if we can, trying to do that stuff. Um, but I think that, that the big takeaway with this is saying, he, he doesn't have to be impacted by the daughter. We don't have to be helpless in this situation. I, no, I hope he is impacted. He is impacted by by the parents' response. By us. Right, by right. us as parents. Yeah. And I think that primarily, that he, I would say. That the, the hope here is that he is impacted in a positive way to see not just his mm-hmm. sister comfortable, comfortably expressing herself and her needs and mm-hmm. her feelings and her spirit, her inner attunement and her, her wisdom and authority, that's a beautiful thing to be impacted by mm-hmm. for him to see that that is good, that this is a safe place to express yourself and that she will do it. Mm-hmm. But Great. We, we got to take the lead with that. Right. Though. But to also be impacted yeah. by the way that we engage with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Our tone as parents, um, our vibe, mm-hmm. you know, our uh, the safety uh, situations we set up, the way that we help support and process. That's what he's mm-hmm. also going to be impacted. by. I mean, I think that we can be showing, you know, this mom can be showing her two year old son. And I think she's trying to, but she's mm-hmm. got that back of her mind concern. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's showing him, uh, um, him that, wow, you know, her impulses, she can't control. It's not that she won't be kind. It's mm-hmm. that she can't. That, that her brain gets overwhelmed, right? <clears throat> that she's not actually wanting to do that. And that it's a safe place to, ex- it, you know, I don't think that she's inspiring him to be, use angry words. I think she's inspiring him to express himself. And you, mm-hmm. by you showing up, you're inspiring him to be himself at home and, and be close to you and show you those things. Not to see how you're dealing with your daughter. I think so many folks, their first child, they struggle with and they shut down those feelings they don't know yet. Mm-hmm. That that supporting the feelings is good, and that second child sees that happening, and they start saying, "Well, I'm going to keep all my feelings close to my chest because I've seen how it plays out with mom and dad and older mm-hmm. sib. No, thank you, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's so much potential again, though, based on the belief. But based on the it's belief, all about I think the it's belief. back to the drawing board there to to say, okay, so if you believe number one now that everything the daughter's doing 
is healthy and wonderful and we don't want her to age out of it, then that will impact an approach when she's losing it in front of Mm -hmm. the son. We're able to then show him and normalize that. Oh my gosh, your sister's struggling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's seeing that. And you could always say, is that a little loud for your ears? You couldn't go into the other room. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it looks like you might be struggling with her struggle because kids have mirror neurons, Mm -hmm. you know, if he is struggling, then I would, I would, I oftentimes they just sit and watch and they know it's a safe place because of the way we're responding. But if they are, I'd say, how about we move you into your room or I'm going to, I really need to focus on her right now. So I'm going to help you into your crib with some books Mm -hmm. and I'll come back in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to really focus on supporting her. And I think the power of the circle back is there even Mm -hmm. for a two-year-old to connect with him later and process a little bit Mm -hmm. if you weren't able to to pay much attention to him in the moment um to kind of draw those those connections it's something you could say your sister man she was she was struggling Mm -hmm. earlier remember the whole plug thing the Mm -hmm. plug debacle Mm -hmm. it was hard i was trying to help her calm down a little bit Mm -hmm. right she was saying exactly what she needed you know, and we were trying to help her. Yep. And she's working on finding those words and it takes time. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're there for her. Right. Um, I think that let's move on to goals. Okay. So after flipping those beliefs, but I think that again, with a goal is flipping that wear and tear issue. I think that this, this mom really does believe that what her daughter is doing is good. There's that fear. I think she's got the fear in the back of her mind type of situation for both these fears. Mm -hmm. But I think that the biggest issue at play for her is that wear and tear. And I think that Kelty, you can speak to that. Absolutely. It's just like by 9 a.m. How much you believe. Hannah, (laughs) by 9 a.m. I'm so fried. Yeah. Between six and nine. And you, and you said before, you're like, morning time is supposed to be the most relaxing time when the kids are the most rested. <laughs> and like, we could start with even just them waking up. Mm-hmm. Spirited kids like come running in like zombies, like attacking me mm-hmm. at six. No, no cuddling, nothing. Go eat breakfast. We're, we're going. Get out of bed right now. Mm-hmm. And yours are like little snuggly oh, kittens. They come in. They pile in at like 745. They sleep in a little more. <laughs> they roll around a little. Um, we read a few books. And they just go play. They like go if play. I call you at nine o'clock like crying, you're usually in your bed with a cup of coffee reading and I don't even hear the kids. They're just playing independently. They make quietly. their own breakfast. It's amazing. They do their own By things. By 9 a.m. Yeah. we're on breakfast number three the food is everywhere everyone's naked and crying like it's mm-hmm. just it's so different and your kids are incredibly capable we, we've literally raised our kids the same way I know. it is nothing but temperament at play here I know. It is, it's insane yeah but um, I, I know that feeling even by nine o'clock especially mm-hmm. by the end of the day mm-hmm. just feeling so worn down when she said we feel like a prisoner and mm-hmm. she feels like a prisoner right yeah abused yeah yeah and so i think that that's where we need to talk about okay this new role Right. I think she's she's really working on supporting her her daughter and putting those words out and putting that stuff out. Mm-hmm. But she she said something alluded to like the fact that she doesn't feel like it goes anywhere or does anything or works mm-hmm. in a certain way. Yeah, I think that that empathy is a tool, but we we have to be careful about how we think of it as a tool mm-hmm. in terms of it working. Mm-hmm. Right. If she didn't calm down right away or if she didn't grab onto the words right away mm-hmm. or if she didn't stop her behavior right away, that doesn't mean that the empathy failed Mm -hmm. right yeah I mean I think you and I talk all the time Kel about saying okay great we can't move forward or learn anything or do anything until everybody's calm so I think this woman is trying to support her daughter in getting back to the green zone Mm -hmm. getting back to that that safe calm place and that's we're, we're co-regulating. That's co-regulation is is calming ourselves first. That's self-regulation because mm-hmm. we can't help our kids if we are losing our shit ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then saying, I'm going to be this calming presence for you, mm-hmm. not to solve your problems, 
not to get riled up as I'm talking this through with you, but to just hold space if you mm. need me there. Right. Yeah. I and think- I, and I, this, this mom didn't mention, is she able to leave the room for a moment? Is she able to, is the daughter needing her, mm-hmm. you know, to be there and talk her through the issue? Or is she just thinking that's her job? Yeah. You know? I think that, that when our kids are having a lot of big feelings and often we can get just kind of pulled through that ringer and we're being, we're sort of in like active empathy mode. And I would suggest to this mother to try to be in more passive empathy mode if she's feeling fried about mm-hmm. it. Right. So that's just more nodding. That's just more exuding a loving presence. Mm-hmm. Just dial it back a little bit. Right? Yeah. I think that a lot of this is about she art. This mom already has so much awareness, but I think mm-hmm. continuing to broaden the awareness of when is that point where she starts feeling like she wants to yell you know, what, what happens? Let's, let's backtrack and see where mm-hmm. was that point? When is it during the day? What type of explosion that her daughter does or how many before she's like, dude, I can't do this. Go to your room. Mm-hmm. Or is it like she kind of identified these hurt words, mm-hmm. right? When her daughter said that, wow, that really triggered something in her. Right. Um, but I think that, that knowing your limitations and when you need to maybe start taking a break and mm-hmm. taking some space and and not working as hard, but just taking a seat a little yeah. bit, it can really help a lot. Um, we have kind of a gym metaphor we've used before, uh-huh. right? Um, yeah. What's that about? Well, we think like, about like the thinking of the gym as this negative place mm-hmm. sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Can we think about our kids' big feelings and 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 harsh words as like going to the gym and trying to recondition mm-hmm. our our place there? Make it a, a more positive feeling place, mm-hmm. right? And go to the gym and make our uh, change our effort. We don't want to go there so gung ho, so gung ho yeah. that we hurt ourselves, right? We're, we're go straight that we for hang, <laughs> go straight for hang cleans and box jumps. We're gonna get hurt, <laughs> right? And we're gonna be sore the next day and not want to go back there, mm-hmm. right? So how can we be pacing thinking, ourselves, right? Or like and- just go sit on the stretch mat. And just mm-hmm. sit there the whole time at the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Can we do that with our kids' emotions? Just go sit on the stretch mat. Just mm-hmm. be there. You got your ass to the gym, man. Mm-hmm. That's enough, mm-hmm. right? Let's do slow or like say, I'm just going to do light reps mm-hmm. right now so I don't burn out, right. so I don't pull so, a muscle. So what right? that might look like is just going in there nodding and uh-huh. saying, I'm just here to calm and just find keep everyone safe. Make sure she's not hurting her brother. But I'm coming in just being like, hey, what's up? How's it going, mm-hmm. Right how's it going in here? You know, and sometimes words, especially with sensitive and spirited kids can make them even more mad. Kelty mm-hmm. speaks very little with her children because saying anything is the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes she just wants to create a positive association around this, this negative experience they're having. And survive through myself so that I can support them if and when mm-hmm. I'm able to actually get in there. And this right. mom said that she is quote unquote navigating her mm-hmm. daughter's disappointments all day. And I want to say, you know, just accept what they, that they're worthy first mm-hmm. to then be able to navigate or just sit with them. Mm-hmm. Don't feel that pressure to navigate, right? Just hold space as they say, which is yeah. so cheesy, but it's so true. Hold space. Oh my God, though. It's so true, yeah. right? Um, what else? I think that... Let's talk about boundaries. <sighs> We're sort of talking about building that awareness for when she does need to... So empathy in little bits, yeah. you know, get, gaining that awareness. And then mm-hmm. once she's starting to realize, okay, my daughter said that you make our lives miserable. Mm -hmm. That is when I think oftentimes we say, okay, now I'm going to put a limit or control on my child. You need Mm -hmm. to go to your room. And this, this mom was pushed. She, Mm -hmm. she was triggered. It was, she was hurt. Right. But I think that that's when we usually take a time out ourselves and Mm say, wow, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm struggling. So Mm -hmm. that we identify out loud. We say I'm struggling, which Mm -hmm. helps us, helps the kids. 
I'm going to go take a deep breath in the other room really quick. And, mm-hmm. and then I'm here to support you, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm, I'm taking the two year old. I'm going to, I'm, he and I are going to go outside for a little quick breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and we'll be right back. I think it's right. so hard to not make the focus of our connection. Like this, this mom did a bit in her circle back about the mean words that our mm-hmm. kids say. And she said, I want to know why you said that because it hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think that that I would recommend just keeping our feelings out of it as much Mm -hmm. as we can. Let's tell our partner that. Let's tell our friend that. Mm -hmm. Let's go cry in a pillow. But I think we want to, we really want to avoid saying that to our kids if we can. The the primary, our primary job, and this is our usual self-awareness versus socialization Mm -hmm. um, discussion, but our primary job as parents is helping kids understand themselves the impact of, of their experience of the world on their self, mm-hmm. not the impact of their experience on us. Mm-hmm. You know, that can oftentimes create a lot of enmeshment and a lot of um, kind of uh, pressure to be keeping mom happy. It can also, you know, especially for highly intelligent kids who can, are like, oh God, I've, I'm sensitive and now I have to keep my mom happy. I hurt her feelings. Now I know how to hurt her that's feelings. That's what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Or oh, yeah. now I know exactly what to say when I'm uncomfortable and I want to hurt my mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, can, can we make this a PSA for all those people out there listening right now whose children have never said something mean and personal to them yet? Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Yeah. Prepare yourself to feel like you want to die and cry mm-hmm. because they just broke your heart. Mm-hmm. They're going to say that they hate you. They're going to say that you're a failure. They're going to say they want you to die, that yeah. you weren't their mom. They're, yeah, they're going to say, I, I like dad more. And spirited kids are going to say that sooner. And highly intelligent kids are going to say that sooner. Yeah. And, and, and that, or even kids, I mean, it's, it's a full spectrum, you yeah. know? And I think that, I think just like we always talk about looking beneath those behaviors, we have to look beneath those words. For example, when my daughter says, bad mommy bad mommy mean mommy stupid mommy when which she words starts, you never when use i've never said mean stupid bad in a calling name to anybody ever yeah. but when she starts saying that to me i know exactly why and it's not because i'm a bad stupid mean mom it's because she's feeling uncomfortable and because i've been a little bit curt with her and she's needing something from you that we're unable to give in that moment right right and it's so hard not to take our kids words personally but when they say you're the worst or you you make our lives miserable we just have to have have that trust in ourselves that's not true. Mm-hmm. When they say to their sibling, I hate you, we're never going to be friends again. We have to remember, it's not true. This is a six-year-old. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. I feel like you keep interrupting me. I am me. so sorry. Go on, Cal. No, no, I lost my train of thought. It's not true. It's and not and true. We, make, we make it true by honoring it in that way. We need to honor it in the way of knowing it's not true and looking behind it. Mm-hmm. So when she says, you make our lives miserable, I would say, how, how's your day been? Or what's going on with you? It's so hard to be this bigger person. Bigger translator. The bigger translator, right? <laughs> the impervious translator. If we can just in the moment in our brain say it's not true. We don't even have to, we don't say that to our kids. That's not true. Or choose other words or that hurt my feelings or you can't say that. We have to get rid of all of those impulses and look right beneath Mm -hmm. or just save ourselves and step out of the room and process on our own. I love that because kids can't differentiate their words from the feelings that stimulated those words Mm -hmm. and the feelings from their sense of self. So we are the lucky and chosen ones, right? Who have to hold space for the way that they're 
self is communicating right now, mm-hmm. right? And focus on helping them gain that self-awareness because if they can build the self-awareness of why she was upset about the plug with her brother or wow, what she wanted about her room and she's needing some more space, mm-hmm. that can help her um, stay in that that window of tolerance, that happy green zone mm-hmm. more because she's talked about it and practiced it. I think about the times that I'm the most dysregulated <clears throat> and like abusive to you and Justin. Mm-hmm. And I, inside, I'm just screaming, help Help, Help me. me. Please don't take this personally. I, I'm going to say the, the thing that I know is going to push you because that's where I'm at right now. And I need you to just dust it right off mm-hmm. your shoulders. I just want it to ping off you. What, and, Please. Right. And I think that this mom does realize she was like, you know, her this little girl used to cry when she was a baby. And then when she was a toddler, she would hit and kick. And now she's a six-year-old with an incredible vocabulary that mm-hmm. she is using and wielding to show her discomfort. And it's going to keep going. And the mm-hmm. sooner we can we can set those words aside and dive in to the inner work that will actually set those words free and build and, and build this um, the spirited child from the ground up, mm-hmm. the better. But it is a practice, and right? It feels, and it feels so permissive. Oh, I mean, we talk about it yeah. in our Free to Speak episode, and we talk about it basically every live session when someone comes to us being like, mm-hmm. but they said this. That's not okay though, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we always come back and say, everything they say is okay. Mm-hmm. We do not censor our kids' words. We try not to take those words personally. This is, this is not about the words they're saying, right? How, how can we look behind and beneath? It's, that's, the, that's the work, but it feels mm-hmm. so permissive. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Yeah. What about some mental metaphors that help? Mm-hmm. I think that, that um, this, this mom said words like vitriol, abusive, prisoner. And mm-hmm. if, I feel like if she can just, and we all in these moments can just exchange those words for she's struggling and needing my help. This mm-hmm. is not an emergency. I can lean in when I can mm-hmm. and bail when I can't, mm-hmm. right? Lovingly. Yeah. You know, this is, it's not an emergency usually. But rewriting with, as we're reconditioning ourselves with these beliefs and thinking these things through and asking ourselves mm-hmm. these questions, also getting those thoughts and saying, I'm going to write this down, what goes through my mind, mm-hmm. what, you know, and then I'm going to change those beliefs. Yeah. Because you know? if, if you believe you're in, a, in an abusive relationship with your child, that's going to feel like shit. And how are you, we going to respond, right? right? That feels terrible, right? If we feel the, like we're the victim. Right. And I think yeah. it, it, it took me a long time. But now when my kids are screaming or hurting each other or yelling mean things at me, I seriously, sometimes more in the back of my mind and sometimes more right in front of me, I hear like slot machine, like winning, <laughs> like ding, 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 ding. Like I just fucking won something. Right. Your kids are healthily expressing themselves to mm-hmm. regulate their nervous systems. So it's got to get out. Screaming expresses stress in the body, mm-hmm. right? And then it's also in a safe place where you are there. It's not at school where a teacher has 30 kids to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's not with a, a grandparent or other person that doesn't know how to, you know, is going to shame embarrassing, them, yeah. right? Or more embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. It's with you, right? Mm-hmm. And they are getting in touch with that spirit and keeping it going. And it feels like a drain. It feels yeah. like, couldn't we just be happier all day and avoid these? And if we're thinking about it that mm-hmm. way, every time it happens, it feels like a detriment to this dream, mm-hmm. right? So how can we be conditioning ourselves to look at every squawk, every back talk word, everything as an opportunity to connect, not another time to have to dr- get drained and get run over, mm-hmm. but thinking about a way to, to in that moment, keep it light, but keep I, it connected. Oh gosh, I feel like people are probably being like, fuck this podcast uh-huh. and turning it off. 
off right now. Unsubscribe. Throwing their headphones down. But I think that that really, you know, that is a huge thing. And this is a long process, Mm -hmm. right? That can feel small and invisible. It takes time to not believe that having a happy and fun day like this mom describes isn't related to whether or not her daughter's angry and how many outbursts she has to navigate. Mm You know, it's that, about the mom's perspective right. and it's approach. A, it's and about mindset. our mindset. It's yeah. about the growth we're nurturing and the the awareness we're building in ourselves. I think also through this, I think this mom, it's a really interesting information that she felt like crying mm-hmm. um, when her daughter said that, that she ma- it makes their lives miserable. What was that triggering? I think that we have to keep remembering that that what we're doing isn't just nurturing our kids, but it's it's really elevating ourselves too mm-hmm. and understanding maybe her partner hasn't been showing her the same amount of uh, validation or understanding. And so then when her daughter says something about making their lives miserable, she works so hard for their lives Mm -hmm. and no one else sees it. Not even her daughter, maybe not a partner who knows why that triggered. But I think that though that is the, the sparks of information that we need to be following, like, like greedily with crumbs, you know, like (laughs) breadcrumbs, knowing, oh my gosh, if that made me want to cry, like I need to lean into that and check that out because it's not my daughter's fault. It is not, she's not the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's the problem no. here. And we're all doing an amazing job. Yeah. And we all need to be telling each other that more so that when our kids shit on us, mm-hmm. we don't think it's true and it doesn't hurt us mm-hmm. as as much, you know? Really quick, lastly, I don't know if we mentioned the circle back with this daughter who mm-hmm. is says, oh, don't, don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about mm-hmm. it. I think that's also a very common thing for highly sensitive and spirited kids yeah. because they, they feel shame. They're so on top of it and they feel things so strongly and, and long. Mm-hmm. They don't bounce back quite as fast. They remember. They can immediately touch back to the feelings in their body. Mm-hmm. And I think we oftentimes with other kids, we can be like, so how was it at that, that time? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that thing. Oh, and they can like know. have a fine conversation. And other kids, it's immediate stress response when yeah, you go like back transported. to it. Yeah. And you know this daughter she holds her shit together amazingly you know she knows she knows and doesn't want to do it she knows the impact on this mom and you know maybe on her brother she can Mm -hmm. she can have some awareness of that she doesn't want to be doing it doesn't feel good so it's hard to talk about it after so what would you recommend Kel? I would I would make it less of a a two-way conversation I know we talk about making everything that we can a two-way conversation with Mm -hmm. our kids through the resist approach so that we're bringing them in on it and we're Mm -hmm. connecting through everything right but in the circle back sometimes it's just us musing Mm -hmm. and saying what we think I would I would have said we were struggling earlier I'm sorry I'm really sorry yeah right is there, is there any way I could have supported you differently? Mm-hmm. Or even if we don't even talk about what particularly happened, mm-hmm. we could say something like, when your brother comes in your room, it's really tricky and surprises mm-hmm. you. I get that. What could we do? And you can even just move into an innovate mm-hmm. w- with her. So you're not really going over all the feelings um, explicitly. And implicitly, you can do a lot with going through the feelings. Yeah. I think that that we can you know, uh, tell stories about times that we, yeah. we lost. And our, I think that's our it shit, is the, you know? the circle back is it can be just a one woman show mm-hmm. and that's okay. And I think that, that it gets, it can get cr- problematic if we're putting pressure on our kids to explain themselves mm-hmm. in those moments mm-hmm. and they can edge on the grill back mm-hmm. and we don't want to be in grill back mode. We want to mm-hmm. be in circle back mode. And so it's okay if it's a one woman show right. a little bit. And I think also that, uh, finding ways for this, um, this spirited um, daughter to 
um, think of ways to calm her body in the moment. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes we're like, just take deep breaths when they're freaking out. And that's Mm -hmm. just not how self-regulation works. Our presence is what helps them in the moment. But outside the moment, we can be reading books or looking at um, little posters and different things about what are the calming techniques that help help me? What do you think would help your two-year-old brother? What kind of things help you? Mm -hmm. You know, is it um, doing a big squeeze? Is it taking a deep breath? Is it going to um, a little calm down area fort that you've made that feels really good? Is it, you know, my daughter loves squeezing this squishy pillow. Mm -hmm. You know, my son immediately likes to go do bucking bronco, like when he's feeling really upset. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how can we help um, this daughter um, regulate her nervous system and calm her nervous system? And we do that in moments when it's not ramped up and build that context and that awareness and the, the joy in that. And then we cue them in in the moment like, oh, bucking bronco? Oh, jumpy jacks, Mm -hmm. you know, and they can say no. And especially a sensitive kid really might need to come to that on their own with a lot of storytelling, a lot Mm -hmm. of behind the scenes, implicit stuff. Yeah. And I think that those, those sensory input moments can happen even before dysregulation comes. Mm -hmm. If we can just be thinking not always in like prevention mode. Mm -hmm. I know that people of of spirited kids often live in prevention mode Mm -hmm. and bring bring four spoons to the table because I'm not a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So uh, we live in prevention mode a lot. We live in walking on eggshells mode a mm-hmm. lot I get that mm-hmm. but th- I think that this this mom I don't know what her daughter's kind of sensory diet is like in mm-hmm. terms of jumping rolling laughing dancing other things to help purge the stress that mm-hmm. this that this daughter has mm-hmm. that just gets built up and then gets unleashed on the chosen mm-hmm. and lucky in her life right? right so every two hours to yeah. having five minutes where she chooses at the beginning of every day she can create her sensory diet menu right and you know you guys do it together or she does it where you're building that together with no pressure no pressure. because it could be yeah. like no seriously okay. it's been five hours please uh-huh. <laughs> right we well, gotta that, get you moving that's when i say i'm doing jumping jacks yeah. because we all need it and i think i wonder too if this if this mom is also not spirited but sensitive i mm-hmm. think that you and i are not spirited kelty but we are very highly sensitive mm-hmm. and we can get touched out talked out screamed out mm-hmm. needed out by 9 a.m very very yeah. quickly and so i think that This mom needs to continue to be aware of what care she needs Mm -hmm. and her sensory diet and her limitations. Mm -hmm. And remember that that is, it's that fine tuned line between what does my daughter need? What do I need? I I can't look to her to help my emotions, but I can be aware of what I need and see to my, my feelings and my body and everything on my own. And so that I can better see to her stuff. Yeah. So then she can see to me one day when I'm a cranky older lady. Yeah. You know, and they got to take care of us. Totally treating everyone like shit. And she'll be like, okay, mom. uh Okay. We talk about this being an investment. That's the payoff, right? (laughs) Right. And just knowing that this daughter is going into the world with no shame about her spirit, right? Or her anger. Or her anger, that her anger is okay. And Mm -hmm. that she is already showing that she can adapt really well in the world. So there are no worries there. And even if we have kids who don't adapt well in the world right away, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. We're all moving forward together. We're all learning and growing up together. And we're we're all trying to retrain our beliefs that the the difficult behaviors and the hard words and the big messy feelings that our kids are showing us are totally okay. Mm -hmm. They're valuable. They're wonderful. They're important. And when we can lean in lovingly or just sit and hold a little bit of space for them mm-hmm. while we're trying to find our metaphor that we won something, <laughs> right? We're, we're all hanging in there. We're going to, we're going to do it. Yeah. Send us your Q and A's. Yeah. Nothing too common, too random. All of these things can help us integrate these ideas, the resist approach, you, you the freedom model. Like, don't send us anything common or random. <laughs> 
nothing oh, is nothing is too, too common sorry. or random did i sound like that oh, i don't know sorry i'm losing send steam, us Kel. whatever we talked way too long okay. about this but it was such a beautiful topic it was we would love your feedback about it mm-hmm. um we're going to be unpacking it this week on instagram uh in a video a uh, 10 minute video yeah and a sibling video a elements of respect video and we're going to have our, our big feelings guide out yeah which is so helpful just steps not just the belief busting but steps for getting in there and holding the space mm-hmm. the right? helpful phrases building, building the the um emotional intelligence of our kid just getting through these 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 meltdowns right mm-hmm. yeah so available in our shop uh, upbringing.co forward slash shop check out um, our items there, the yeah. uh, sibling survival guide, our elements of respect poster, which you can download or purchase the print, mm-hmm. um, and this big feelings guide. Thank you to our techie renaissance dude, Alex, who yes. produces our podcast, edits, music, all the things, um, and our incredibly talented friends, Amber Okamura, who does our art, and Mary Schroeder of Making Type, who does all of our fancy lettering. Thank you, ladies, so mm-hmm. much. And lastly, thank you for being here. This is a messy and incredibly important job being a parent. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make lots of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Many, many, (laughs) many, many many mistakes. And that's okay because our growth actually depends on it as a person, as a family, as a greater community. And if you're here, then you're doing the work and we're, you're doing an amazing job and we are really proud of you. So we're right here with you. We're taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another one conversation at a time. Thanks for being here. We're all in this together and we're all growing up together. Till next time.